Welcome everyone to our first podcast of 2021. Yes, 2020 is in the rearview mirror and we find ourselves faced with new challenges and new opportunities as we step into the new year. But before we leave all of 2020 behind us, we close the year with a panel discussion on flight testing autonomy. And we're gonna pick up this month with part two of that discussion. As a reminder, our panel was made up of Lieutenant Colonel Christopher Wigby Rohrberg, Director of Operations at the 452nd Flight Test Squadron, Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Hal Heffron, a U.S. Air Force Test Pilot School instructor, Captain Joshua Voodoo Roundtree, a 452nd Flight Test Squadron RPA pilot, and First Lieutenant Avery Leonard, the Deputy Chief Engineer for Emerging Technologies CTF. We left our discussion talking about some of the differences between traditional flight tests and flight testing autonomy. So we'll pick up there with the conclusion of our panel discussion on testing autonomy. All right, thanks. So I want to come back to that theme of uh, safety in the type of testing you all are doing. But before that, uh, let's, Wigby, I wanted to just tap into you for so your perspectives on, you know, the comparisons between what you all are doing and, and again, with the air quotes, traditional flight test. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the one thing uh, or the other thing that uh, I realized after getting here, like I said, I grew up on the B-52 uh, and you think a traditional flight test, that, that's probably old enough. When we're flying these systems, the first thing that came to mind was uh, the what if or, or what, what do you do when uh, you lose link with the system. So with a lot of these systems, you'll have a direct uh, radio communication, uh, a heartbeat, if you will, that uh, you know you're talking to the aircraft and the aircraft knows that you're listening and talking to it. And at some point, if uh, something in that chain breaks and you're no longer talking directly to the aircraft, uh, what is it going to do when that happens? Where will it go? What state or condition will it go to? What kind of backups and uh, safety features are there to keep it in a, you know, either bounded geographically uh, or in time uh, to make sure that it's uh, remaining safe to the other, you know, air platforms that are around it uh, and to make it home safely as well. Okay. So let, let's go on that thing. And I know it's, it's never easy when someone says, Hey, in, in, situation where you have lots of things you could pick from to pick the one thing. But I'm going to ask you to, to, to pick one thing or the one thing that you think is the biggest challenge that you face in the type of testing that you're doing. And again, Buddha, let's start with you. So I think when I look at the biggest challenge that we're looking at is, is, is really figuring out how to test these systems. Um, so a lot of it wraps around some of the, the education that we have the education gap that we have as testers between us on how to test these systems, because that's why we're here today. We're asking this question about how to test these systems and not only how to test them, how to test them safely, most importantly. Uh, and, and right now, I believe the community has a pretty large education gap. We have some people in the community that, that have some really great ideas on this, but as it stands right now, um, we don't necessarily have that, that book on the shelf that says, this is how you test autonomy. Uh, and I think that is the biggest challenge we have is developing a, a, a educated cadre that can go out and help the community go ahead and, and test these uh, systems more as it were. So for example, we can go ahead and have systems or have individuals where we have that in-depth knowledge uh, and then we can build up our test pilot schools to go ahead and perpetuate that education throughout the community. And then for people who don't have the opportunity to go to a test pilot school, maybe something where we have short courses that we go ahead and bring people in and look at and teach them how, um, how autonomy works, 
what are some of its strengths, what are some of its weaknesses, and how to best test them. So I think the biggest challenge that we have as a community right now is, is our education gap between the test community and the development community when it comes to autonomy. All right, thanks, Voodoo. How about Lieutenant Leonard, over you, biggest challenge? Or you can agree with Voodoo, or you can come up with a new one. Yeah, so I think I'll actually agree with Voodoo. Uh, there is definitely a gap, and we've been trying to bridge that gap a little bit over the past uh, year and a half or so that I've been here working with safety just to get them familiar with uh, what we're doing over at ET uh, and learn a little bit about autonomy. Part of our work actually for the test center was writing a handbook. So we've published this. It's on DTIC now if you want to look for it. It's publicly available called Test and Evaluation of Autonomy for Air Platforms. It's a handbook. It goes in a very high level overview of testing autonomy and some of the considerations you might need to make. So that's definitely a bit of it kind of in, in that aspect. Uh, another part is just getting people okay with actually flying this stuff, right? Um, in terms of small UAS up at the ETCTF, obviously there is no man on board. So we have to have uh, man safety pilots who are basically on RC controllers effectively. And we have something on the aircraft though as well. We typically have either a Pixhawk or a Piccolo autopilot on board that can provide some safety. Uh, that's the actual autopilot that's interfacing with the uh, motor, interfacing with the flight controls. Uh, and that can provide a measure of safety where we can set a geofence basically. So if it flies outside of that, it'll bring it right back to a predefined waypoint, provide some lost cause behavior as well. But a runtime assurance in general is a separate thing uh, that we've been adding on. We've been working with uh, Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Lab to develop a system called TACE. Uh, they're doing all the software development and working with us to actually come out and flight test it. And the point of that is to basically act as a runtime assurance. So it's looking at what the autonomy is trying to command the aircraft to do. And if it tells the aircraft to bank uh, or pitch up too high or do any other kind of undesirable behavior, we can tell it to automatically uh, basically take control over from that uh, autonomy and bring the aircraft back into a spot where our ground uh, controllers can actually manually fly it back and land it. So we're looking at uh, ways like that to help improve safety for these systems. And the RTA is, is really one of the ones that we think is uh, essential for future tests. And that system is being developed even further under TRMC now. So hopefully it'll become a range asset in the future. All right, thanks. And then Hal, to you, uh, biggest challenge or you concur with the rest of the group? Yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely, I, concur uh, with with the group on the the challenges they've highlighted but as a, I'll, I'll take a, a little bit of liberty with this one I guess because of that uh, but as a, a developer and tester of, of these kinds of systems the thing that keeps me up most at night is the simulation to real world generalization uh, challenge uh, and so this is one that will impact both testers as well as system developers uh, it's uh, it's the fact that most of these autonomous systems that we're developing, uh, rely on some level of simulation uh, to do the training uh, and then you have to so you have this entire modeling and simulation ecosystem that needs to uh, exist and be good and, and you, that we need to be able to close the loop uh, with uh, you know real world data from to continue to update it um, and then we need to be able to take the agents that we develop uh, in you know this uh, that, that we develop by training uh, primarily maybe using reinforcement learning or other uh, approaches, but in these modeling and simulation environments and then actually employing them in the real world on a, on a real world aircraft, right? And historically, if you take a look at robotics, um, 
there there has been a lot there have been a lot of challenges in porting from a a model that was trained or an agent that was trained completely in simulation and actually have it go and you know perform that same task in the real world and so this this gap is a a challenge it's something that came up again in the testing that we did out here on the f-16 and the have spiders tmp where certain assumptions that were made in modeling and simulation uh that weren't a hundred percent accurate with the you know real world uh came came back to impact the uh resultant behaviors in a in a manner that wasn't necessarily anticipated um, and, and resulted in uh, a different behavior being seen in flight than, uh, you know, in, in simulation. And so uh, that to me is one of the, the largest challenges is, is finding a way to bridge that uh, sim to real world gap and create robust autonomous systems that can handle, uh, you know, perturbations away from the condition, conditions that they were trained in. All right, thanks. So let me go around for closing thoughts. And I know we've only scratched the surface here, uh, but some closing thoughts in your best elevator 60-second speech of the, the thing that you would like all of our listeners to the podcast to know. And Buddha, let's start with you and we'll finish with Wigby. What a great, what a great broad question. That's a, that's a fun one to open up or to close out with here. Um, so to, the big thing that I want the community to understand is, is just because you... You might have a stone that has a lot of, of what it can behave. You can't necessarily say, I know exactly how it's going to behave if I put it in this scenario. Um, the, the fact that there's a little bit of, of, of uncertainty there uh, when it comes to the way people perceive the systems uh, is, um, is something that I, I welcome people to go ahead and, and learn more about. Okay. Uh, Lieutenant Leonard, to you for closing thoughts. Yeah, I think I have to echo Voodoo there. Uh, learn more about autonomy. So some people, when they think of autonomy, they think of like Skynet, you know, something that's just going to think on its own, kill us all. And that's really not it. Uh, read about it. Don't be scared of it and, and learn about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm one of the people who's seen all those movies, so I have plenty to be scared about for the worst case of all those things. But Al, let's go to you for closing thoughts. Yeah, sure thing. So uh, one closing thought is that while there are unique aspects to testing autonomous systems, uh, you know a- everything that you're doing in your 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 day-to-day job as a flight tester, uh, you you know you're going to just build and extend on that, right? Uh, we, the same concepts that uh, apply uh, for uh, traditional flight tests uh, still apply here, but maybe with a, a slightly different tint to them. An, an example is you know looking at the the build up approach that we we always talk about right if i didn't say build up approach you know as a, a tps instructor here on on the podcast uh, i i'd probably be doing something wrong but uh you know we we go through we're going to isolate variables still we still have to uh, understand how all the components work what uh, triggers are are present um in 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 a given system uh and and we want to start with kind of simple uh examples and and build up in complexity from there, right? So we want to build up in complexity, uh, as well as uh, you know, in in the systems that we're uh, that we're adding on. So you, you don't just go uh, straight to the you know to the the full end result uh, where you're integrated with uh, you know 30 different aircraft uh, in, in initially as you're testing an autonomous system. You have to start and and start to isolate 
variables, and then from there build up to the point where eventually we can move into that highly dynamic, highly complex, uh, you know, situation. Uh, so, so all of those, uh, all of those flight test fundamentals still apply, uh, and they'll they'll continue to apply. And then we're just going to add on a few more considerations that are unique to the types of autonomous systems that were that were tested. All right, thanks. Uh, Wigby, final thoughts from you. All right. My last pitch is basically that our test societies, whether that's SFTE, SCTP, uh, or any others uh, out there, need to continue participating and, and really drive these tough conversations. I know we've only scratched the surface today. There's a lot more to talk about. Um, but driving the education and the conversations about autonomy. Because if we don't, I, in my opinion, I think we're just doing it wrong. If, if the mission is to share knowledge and advocate for the safety of flight tests, uh, this is next thing to uh, work on in uh, the flight test societies to make sure we get it right. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today. Uh, it's, it's all incredibly amazing work that you're doing, and I applaud each of you for, for diving into it and being as committed as you are. So, Wigby, thanks for gathering uh, the group together. I, I really appreciate it, and I think our listeners are going to enjoy uh, what you all have had to say. Thanks, Turbo. All right, gentlemen, you'll have a great rest of your day, and we will connect again soon. Hey, thanks See you. Much. Thanks, thanks, you much. too. Well, I hope you enjoyed our first ever panel discussion. And I got to tell you, I feel better now knowing that we have smart people like that working on testing autonomy and artificial intelligence. And I'm less afraid about those types of things taking over the world, I think. This month for On The Web Focus, while I was preparing for a recent presentation on the topic of how good teams make bad decisions, I rewatched an excellent video put together by NASA about the X-31 crash. You can find it on the web by typing in X-31 breaking the chain. And if you haven't seen it before, it's definitely worth a watch. The January edition of the Flight Test Safety Fact is now available. The feature article has a Navy test pilot who explores the envelope of build-up approach methodologies. You'll hear a little bit from me in the chairman's corner on some more thoughts about autonomy and autonomous flight testing. And our editor provides an op-ed piece titled, Better Than Lessons Learned, after talking with some of our panelists from this month's podcast. For our current events reminder, still no crystal ball on how symposium workshops will play out this year. Most of the organizations are moving forward with planning for the in-person events and soliciting for papers and presentations. Please check SCTP, SFTE, and AIAA's websites for the most current information. Well, that'll wrap us up for this month. Hopefully you enjoyed our look into the world of autonomous flight testing. I do want to thank everyone who's provided us feedback and even provided us some ideas of things that you'd like to hear about in upcoming podcasts. And I also want to thank the people who have taken the time to share our podcast and the Flight Test Safety Pack with others they think could benefit from it. If you haven't had the opportunity to do that, come on. Surely there's somebody you know that could benefit from listening to the podcast or reading the Flight Test Safety Pack or even both. So we look for your help in getting the word out. Thanks again for listening. Happy New Year to everyone. And as always, be safe, be smart, be ready. The Flight Test Safety Podcast is sponsored by Time to Climb Training and Consulting. Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate towards your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time2climb.com.